Welcome to the Life of Faith North podcast, where you can access the latest Sermon of the Week and explore our archive of past messages. To access other resources or view live content, please visit us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Life of Faith North. We hope you will find this message encouraging and uplifting as you listen. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to pick up, we'll endeavor to go a little bit short. Hadn't it been, today just been wonderful? Amen. Josh, you can go ahead and get us rolling. We welcome everybody that might be watching either now live or later on uh, in the recording. Thank you so much for joining us. Hebrews 11 in verse 6, and I'll read it, it says, but without faith, It is impossible to please God for those that would come to God, those that would want relationship with God must believe two things. What are the two things they must believe? Number one, that he is and that he is a rewarder. So let's say some of y'all, I thank y'all for the two people that are helping me talk this morning. So if you desire to have relationship with God, there's two things and two things only you must believe. What are they? He is, and he is a rewarder to those who seek him diligently for who he is. Now again, for those that don't know Jesus, it is, you must first believe that God exists, but it's bigger than just does God exist. It's actually all throughout scripture we've been looking God consistently and meticulously introduced himself he constantly told us who he was in all of his varied names right again we're getting close just a couple of weeks out can you believe it to Christmas yay amen and, and what is the big name of God at Christmas amen which means God with us you understand that he, he's constantly introducing himself This is who I am. Why? So that we can seek him relationally for who he is. And that whole diligently part, again, it does talk about an effort from our side, but God isn't sitting back and going, did you try hard enough? And then I'll reward you. He's not, not, uh, I want us to shift that because that's the way I used to think for a long time. Oh, I must, I'm not experiencing healing. I must not have tried hard enough. I'm not experiencing prosperity. I must not have tried hard enough. I'm not experiencing peace. I must not have tried hard enough. I got to try harder because it says dil- I got to go after him even more diligently. No, no, no. Listen, we've said it before. If you have a person in your life and you want to be their friend and you want to get to know them, is that a chore? It's a thank y'all for the one one person. There's one soul in here. Amen. Maybe we can shift our topic of conversation. Did you know it's easy to be a friend? Did you know that? Did you know there's one verse in the Bible? What does it take to be a friend? Bam! All you got to do is be somewhat nice to be around. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. All you got to do is endeavor to show yourself friendly. Amen. So if you're here watching whatever you're doing, you go, well, I don't have many friends. Ding, 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 ding. There should be a, maybe, maybe I just need to be a little bit friendlier. Maybe I just need to be kinder. No, no, I'm going to make me meddle here. Maybe I need to be a little less whiny. Maybe I need to complain less. How about maybe I need to have a nicer tone. Maybe I need to actually go somewhere where there's people. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. It's hard to relate with people when you want to hermitize yourself up in the cave. (laughs) Are are you with me? But listen, but but God always rewards people who want to know him better. Did you hear what I said? God always, everybody say always. Always, always rewards people who come to him and say, I want to know you more. 
I want to know you as healer. I want to know you as provider. I want to know you as peace. I want to know you as love. I want to know you. Show me more. Let me know you more. Can I know you more? Show me more about who you are. Talk to me. God, I want to know you more. And that pleases God. Now, that's not a shock because that also pleases us, doesn't it? Do you see the parallels? When people genuinely are interested in you, does it, how does that make you feel? Here, here's just a little bit of practicality. Do you understand? Show interest in people. If you'd like to have friends, if you would like to have better relationships, now here's some real, this is, I don't know, this somebody needs this today. This is some brass tacks human relationship. Frog them. Have you ever heard that before? Now, I don't mean put up your knuggle and whop them on the arm. That's that, that. We used to frog each other that way in school. That's the not nice way to frog. Right? I'm talking about frog people. F-R-O-G. Ask them questions about their family. Ask them questions about their recreation. What do they like to do? Ask them questions about their occupation. And ask them questions about their goals in life. It's real simple. You're meeting people for the first time or trying to get to know. Just frog them. I, I tell my kids all this time, who controls the conversation? The person that asks the question controls the conversation. So if a conversation ever goes off in the weeds, don't fret. Don't run away. Just ask a question. Bring the conversation back. But the biggest thing is, is show interest in people why because that's actually how you show that you love people you're interested in them well we all understand that this way horizontally but why do we not think it's the same way with god did you understand that when we show interest in him and they listen to me and in the church world sure we, we have probably you probably all heard great sermons be interested in the things of the kingdom right and we talk about preaching and evangelizing and casting out devils and healing people and all and that's all good please hear me but god wants you to just be interested in him does that make sense guys if y'all are if how many if you're interested in brad at some point in our relationship we're going to go fishing anybody know that if you're halfway interested in being with me and getting to know me, I'm going to drag you, whether you want to or not, right, Kevin? I'm going to drag you on a fishing trip and make you get out in the ocean at least once. Is that right? At least once. I'm just going to, why? Because you want to get to know me. Right? Why? Because that's just what I do. Right? So don't worry. When you get to know God, don't worry. He's going to take you preaching. He's going to take you healing. He's going to take you prophesying. He's going to take you on missions. He's going to take you. Why? Because that's, that's just what he likes doing. <laughs> that's just what he's all about. Right? He's all about saving the world. So the more you get to know him, don't be shocked when he goes, hey, why don't we go over here to this country? And while me and you are talking, we're going to heal some people. While me and you are talking and getting to know each other and you're seeing another piece of this big old blueberry that I made for you, right, we're, we're going to get some people saved. How about that, me and you? Is that, how many of you, does that sound hard? See, it's fun. It's a date. It's getting to know one another. It's going out, right? Because I, I, I digress just a little bit. But those are the things that, again, he will reward you as you seek him to know him. So he is who he said he is, and he will reward you based on who he is. As you get to know him, okay? So if you need an aspect of God in your life, begin to relate to him as who he is in that area. Does that make sense? Brother Hagin used to say it like this, and he was teaching us as pastors, as ministers. He said, hey, if you want to see more salvations in your church, just start teaching and preaching on salvation. Yeah. And you'll see. Right? He says, hey, if you want to see more healings in your church, just start teaching and preaching on healing. Yeah. 
If you want to see more people filled with the Holy Spirit, just start teaching and preaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to see more people, right, operate in the gifts of the Spirit and flow, just start preaching and teaching more on that. Why? Because it's relationship with Him. As you talk about Him as who He is, this verse, act, He shows up as who He is. Yeah. Does that make sense? So in your life, if you, if you need Him in an aspect, begin to seek Him for who He is there. Just begin to go after him and look it up. Say, Lord, again, I need X. So somebody throw out a topic for me. What do we need? What? We need money. All right, somebody throw out. It's always everybody goes to the money, right? This is awesome. <laughs> hey, did you know that that's okay? Hey, can I just, can I just pop something real quick? And we're going to get into this more. Did you understand that profit is holy? Yes. I lost some of you right there. Did you understand that being exaggeratingly profitable is what God wants. Exactly. It's the whole, re- I've been looking, I'm going to kind of let a little cat out and put it back in the bag for later in the year. Is that okay? <laughs> but been re-looking at that whole story of Jesus and the talents that Jesus told about there was a man who went out, that kind of cool, I can't really go too far, I'm going to geek out too far, but is there, but you know a talent, I did the math on it, a talent is about today about $1.5 million. And even though, yes, and when they look at it, yes, there may be some other allegorical examples that we can attach to talent. You know, my gift of ex- wonderful pastoring is my talent. But does that make sense? Right? You know, sure, there might be some things that we can say, yeah, that's a talent God has given me. But in the story, and, and here's, okay, here's the thing. And Jesus told it once like a parable in Matthew 25. But I never saw this before until just the other day. But in Luke 19, he used an interesting word. He says, there was a certain man. So it's, this is actually a true story somewhere in Jesus' life. Because every time Jesus uses that phrase, and there was a certain man, he wasn't telling no story. He was talking about current events. So there was a real man who gathered his servants together, and he gave one dude... 10 talents at 1.5 million dollars how much is that that's 10 is that like 15 million dollars roughly am i doing my math right it's like 15 million dollars he hands this dude and then says go do something with it and what did the dude do he doubled it and then jesus he comes back to the master and says bam i took you 15 mil i made 30 And the master said, you greedy, sorry, no good sucker. Imagine the people you could have fed with that. Is that what the master said? What did the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. So apparently making 100% profit is Jesus' definition of being faithful. Some of y'all going to have to marinate on that for a second. But hey, but listen, but if it's money, why don't we spend time then pursuing him as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides? Why don't we spend time pursuing him as it says he's called El Shaddai, which is, again, not to go too far geeky, but literally he was quoting back to, he says, it's called the multi-breasted one. Did you know that? There was an actual God in ancient Mesopotamia, and this god was a female god, and, and it was just covered in, sorry, in boobs, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's what it was. It was just covered in breasts, and it was the god of provision, yep. which signified it, he's the god of more than enough. Does that make sense? So you begin to seek him. Right, as the God who is more than enough, the God who doesn't just provide enough for you to skeet by. He actually provides like this. Oh, I'm going to give you something, and it's awesome when you're able to multiply it two times over. When you take 1.5 and make it 3. And that pleases heaven. Come on, 
Does that make, are you with me? Some of y'all need to know God is a capitalist. <laughs> he is not a socialist. <laughs> are you with me? Like I said, like this, just so I made some people mad right there. God is all about wealth equality. Because he wants all of us to be really stinking rich. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? Yeah, he's no respecter of persons, right? Okay, this just makes it. But you seek him for who he is. And as you seek him for who he is, he rewards you based on who he is. He will show up bigger in that area for you. He will give you wisdom in that area for you. I love what I think Tabitha, she's with the kids. I love what Tabitha I heard said on Thursday, right? You know, you seek him as healer. Don't be shocked if he tells you how to eat. And this is all, I'm, we're just going to go with the flow. Is this okay this morning? Yeah. Hope this is helping somebody. If not, I'm having a good time. Maybe you'll join us. When we were with Brother Hagen, it was neat. When we were traveling with Brother Hagen, there was one lady. wish I could remember her name. I can kind of see her face. But she was kind of heavy set. She was healthy. You know what I mean? And uh, she was there. And she was always, for months, she was always on every fad diet on the planet. Right? And she'd come to a meeting and she'd tell us about she's on the this diet, you know, I mean, keto, paleo, California sunshine. I mean, it was all over the map. She was on like every body for this and body for that. And she was all over everything. And, and she just, like so many, she just went up and down and up and down and up and down. And, and then she disappeared on us like for like six months, right? And we all are thinking, like, did sister, like she, did like she die? Is she like gone, like gone, gone. Like nobody knows, nobody heard. So we don't know. And about six or eight months later, she shows up at a meeting, but she's skinny. She was so changed. We all kind of looked at each other and go, like, is that her sister? <laughs> it looks like her, but that's a skinnier version of her if that's her. And so finally, we kind of got some of the girls in the band to go talk to this lady and say, hey, find out <laughs> if that's sister so-and-so, right? And so they went and they talked to her and it was sister so-and-so. Now we all go, whoa, you look so good. You look so great. You know, what happened? What diet finally worked? And she goes, ah, well, I just went on the Holy Ghost diet. And when now we're like, huh? She goes, well, you know, Brother Hagin talking about how much God will lead you and guide you through the Spirit. And I was noticing I was doing a terrible job. Because I tried everything and it didn't work. So I just finally went to him and said, Lord, I'm going to let you tell me what to do. And she literally would go on the Holy Ghost diet where she said for a lot, she would open the menu and go, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to eat? And he says, no, she goes, and for a long time, there's a whole lot of salad in my diet. <laughs> Holy Spirit would draw me to the salad section. He says, but every now and then, he'd say, you know, today you can have a piece of pie. But she just followed the Holy Spirit and permanently lost all the weight she'd tried to lose in her whole life. Why? Because she finally sought him for who he is. Yeah. Do, you see, do you see this? She sought him as the guide. She sought him as the one who knew her and knew what was best for her. And she just went after him for who he is and said, I'm just going to finally yield to you. And Lord, I'm going to let you be who you said you're going to be. And I'm going to quit trying to define who you are. Yes. Come, on. Come on now. Are you with me? Do you know some people think that I'm just mean? I know. That's what I say. <laughs> right? Some people, you know, they do. You know, and, and, and here's the crazy. And they never come tell me. I just always hear it from other people. Well, you know, that old Brad, he just said this and it hurt my feelings. He's just a mean. Oh, he's just insensitive. He's just this. He's just unkind. How many of you believe them? Kevin raises his hand. <laughs> Are you with me? Hey, but listen, how many of you know we do the same thing with God? If we're not careful, we will define God. We'll define him based on our past experience. We'll define him based on what Pastor Dusty, we'll define, define him based on our folk teachings. Yeah. Maybe the things our folks told us he was. Yeah. Right? 
we'll define him by others. We'll, we'll say, well, this is who God is. And listen, if I can't find who he is here, or if who I think he is doesn't match up with the description clearly of who he said he is here, then I'm not talking about God. Yeah. I ever talk, and that, you know, in Canada when we were there, for those who don't know, again, part of our story, so we lived in Mexico for four years. And then when we were pregnant with um, Sophia, Selena and I's first child together, God moved us from Mexico City to Vancouver, British Columbia, and Canada. And we lived in Canada for 10 years and helped plant churches up there and had a great time. And all of our other kids, besides Sophia, was born there. Uh, just kind of for fun to those who don't know us. There's quite a number of faces here that may not know who we are. Um, but while we're there, Canada, very socialistic country, very, very humanist, right, in their thinking. They're actually, humanism is the religion of Canada. And don't hate me, my fellow Canadians, that might, might do that. That's just truth, right? It's just a very humanistic, secular culture there. And I say that because I had all these great conversations with people. But I remember one of them is I'm talking to a fella just out doing stuff, and he go, well, I don't believe in God. And just by the Holy Spirit, I wish I could say I was this clever, but I'm just not. But just by the Holy Spirit, just came up out of me without stopping. I looked at him, I said, well, tell me the God you're talking about, and there's a good chance I don't believe in him either. You understand? Yeah. And he told me about the God he said he didn't believe in, and I said, yep, that's right, that's not him. Let me show you who he is. Can I tell you who he is? And I just walked him simply through some verses, and they would look at I've never heard that about him. I didn't know he was that way. I didn't know that's who he was. You, what? Do you understand? Does that make sense? Go to, go to Colossians. Man, I didn't even get nowhere near where I thought we'd get. But I hope this has been somewhat helpful. Hope it's good anyway. I don't apologize. I've, I've learned everybody have been loving me enough to say, Brad, quit apologizing. Right? So... So, I love it. It's awesome. I know you said I did. I meant it. Absolutely. I think it's in chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6. Paul says this. He says, as you therefore have received Christ, so walk in him. Now, I, I can't, I got to stop there just for a second. You realize that. How have you received Christ? Well, well, I mean, fully, but here Paul is talking, but, but think about this. Many people are walking in the Christ they have received. He's just the false one. See, many people have received Christ as the one who won't heal them. Hello, are you with me? I can't tell you how many times I have people arguing with me over the subject of healing by trying to tell me, again, their favorite go-to passage is this one. Well, you know, now Jesus, he didn't heal all those people at that pool of, you know, remember that, that he went to the pool of Bethesda where, you know, the angel would stir the waters at the right place, the pool of Bethesda, you know, and, and the Bible says the angel would come periodically and stir the water and if people got in there, they'd be healed. And Jesus went and he went to that man who had been at that place 38 years. Everybody say 38 years. 38 years. Right, he'd been a 38 years sick and Jesus go and, and the man's testimony was, is, I've been here 38 years and I got no family. I'm all by myself. I got nobody to help me. Angel comes and stirs the water and some selfish so-and-so beats me to it every time. <laughs> right? And, and, and those are those kind of things that, that, that happen. And I got people go, and Jesus didn't heal all those people. And I'm like going, but he healed the dude that had been there for 38 years. But we want to go to the possibility of people Jesus didn't heal. Yeah. Why? Because they're telling themselves, oh, he's the Jesus that won't heal me. Remember, as Paul said, remember, as you have received Christ, you will walk in him. So the question is, is Paul, so how have you received him? Right, that's Colossians chapter 2, 
Verse 6, therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Listen, if you're walking in a version of Christ that isn't fully the Christ that the Bible describes, up your level of receiving him. Yeah. <laughs> Increase where you're going to receive him from. You understand? Because the Jesus I read about, he healed everybody. Everybody that came to him, he healed. Everybody he went to, he healed. So everybody that Jesus touched, that he healed all of them. Come on. He didn't leave anybody unhealed that came to him or that he went to. Again, I'll put that personal challenge. I'm getting, I'm feeling all froggy all of a sudden. I think that patch you gave me this morning is working, right? You know, I'm feeling all froggy this morning. Prove it. Show me an instance where Jesus didn't heal somebody. Show me an instance in the Bible where Jesus looked at somebody and said, not you. Now, just to throw down my own challenge, I'm having, having kind of fun this morning. I hope you all you mean there was, did you know there was a lady that Jesus said no to? Did y'all know that? The Syrophoenician woman. Y'all remember that lady? There was a lady, she was a Syrophoenician woman, means that she was not a Jew, and her little girl was sick, and she apparently followed after Jesus and the disciples and kept bugging the stew out of them. So much so that the disciples said, hey, listen, this church lady is aggravating. Right? This church lady right here. Like, could you just tell her she needs to go worship Jesus somewhere else? Right? <laughs> right? And, and Jesus didn't do that, praise God. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't turn aggravating people away? Actually, did you know Jesus actually complimented aggravating people? I'll just throw that one at you for free. Right? So anyway, so this Syrophoenician lady comes, and so Jesus turns and says, what do you want? And she goes, I want my daughter to be healed. And Jesus says, I didn't come for you, I came for Israel. He literally says, not you. And I love the Syrophoenician lady. She goes, ah, you're just kidding. That's basically what she said. He, she goes, because then Jesus turns around and calls her a dog. Now, you guys, I have said some stuff in church before. I, I want y'all, I have accidentally run off people. Every person I have ever run off from any church I've had, it's always been, I did not mean to. Right, And I was trying to be as sweet as I know how. But I've never looked at somebody and go, you're just a dog. <laughs> you just, you just no good. But you, Jesus says, it's not good that I take the bread that was meant for the children and throw it to the little dogs. That's what he called her. We'd say it in Alabama speak. We'd say it like this. It's not good for me to take what was meant for the rich people and give it to the rednecks. That was the rough translation of the two. All you backwoods country bumpkins that your family tree don't fork. <laughs> right? That's what Jesus was saying. That's, when you look at what he called her, that's what he was calling her. You are just so messed up, you're just a dog. But listen to this lady. And she looks and goes, well, you know, Jesus, that even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And there's enough healing in a crumb that'll take care of my little girl. Guys, listen to me. See, the Syrophoenician lady knew him. She had heard of Jesus who healed them all. She had heard who he was, that he was the son of David, and there was mercy in him, just like the blind man called out. She had heard, I am sure, that the unclean lady can come out in public and touch him and he would heal her. And so even when Jesus finally looks at somebody and says, not you, she goes, but that's not you. It's not in you to not heal my daughter. Guys, if I could just get church people to know him like the Syrophoenician lady knew him, 
where even if you believe he sovereignly didn't do something, ah, that doesn't sound like my Jesus. I'm getting more happy than y'all are. Are you with me? Why? Because she knew him. See, she knew him as healer. She knew who he was. Does that make sense? Is this this helping y'all? Somebody, go for him for who he has said he is. And if it sounds different than anybody you've ever heard about or anything you've ever heard about, just say to yourself, I just must not know him well enough yet. If somebody tells you about a Jesus that you can't find in this book, you just don't know him. Does that make sense? So as you've received him, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. There's so much we can say in the whole verse, but look at verse 8. But here Paul says, he says, but beware. And that literally, that word, it's a military word. It means stand guard 24-7. It's the same word used when they would take a soldier and put him in a post. They would use this Greek word and say, beware. Basically, it means don't fall asleep on this or we'll kill you. Stand guard. Be on the wall. Be watching. Beware lest anyone cheat you. Did you know that you can be cheated from who Jesus is? Did you know that many people around you and I, they have been cheated? They've been cheated in knowing Jesus for who he really is? How are they cheated? Paul tells us, don't be wearless anybody cheats you through philosophy. Philosophy can cheat you. Can I say it like this? Being so soul-minded will rob you from the truth of who Jesus is. Being emotion-driven will cheat you. Thinking that your emotions are truth will cheat you. Hello? Can I, I'm just going to, I just, just the spirit is on me. It's not the good one, but it's on me. Are you with me? Triggers can cheat you. Some people are trigger happy. (laughs) Hello? It's a trap. I mean, hello? I'm not trying to be mean. I promise. But listen, Paul said, hey, listen, things of the soul will cheat you. Philosophy will cheat you. Amen. It goes on. It says empty deceit. Just write out dumb stuff. Are you with me? What do I mean by dumb stuff? Stuff you can't find in the Bible. That's why I told you when we were talking earlier, when we had that time of the Spirit, somebody comes and brings a word to you. You're looking for the Bible that is in that word. Why? Because I don't want to fall prey to empty deceit. Somebody coming up and saying something dumb in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Hello? It's just empty deceit. Amen. Don't fall prey to empty deceit. It goes on. According to the tradition of men. Now, guys, if I can be honest, around us where we live here in the great state of Alabama, this is the number one stealer of Jesus. Is the tradition of of men the tradition of men is built on people's experience right huh which oh that's very good yeah somebody was reminding me to say you know how many of you know you've heard you know we in alabama we are the buckle of the bible belt anybody ever heard that before you know there's a belt apparently there is a bible belt on in the country and, and everybody likes to be the buckle. Because I've traveled all over, and everybody says, they're, I'm from Alabama to Arkansas, oh, we're the buckle of the Bible Belt. Well, man, that buckle is moving, man. It's just going <laughs> around. But, but so I said this the other day, how is it that in the buckle of the Bible Belt, we're the brokest, we're the poorest, we're the sickest, 
with the most. Do you understand that Alabama is the second most obese nation in the country? No, in the country. Alabama, Mississippi wins. Oh, what are you saying? No, nation, sorry, I messed up. In the state. We're the most obese, second most obese state. Only people that beat us is Mississippi. And it's interesting that that runs parallel. We are the second most religious state in the country. There are about 8,200 and something churches in the state of Alabama. Mississippi beats us as this. And it's the Mississippi and Alabama, the two most obese states in the country. But yet we're the buckle. Come on now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. We have some really good, I don't give it, I Kurt, I give it. We got some good food, we do. We got some good food and gluttony is still a sin. I mean, <laughs> hello, are you with me? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's very good. All stuff. Yeah, because listen, and, and I love Billy, and the, the thing, Billy Graham refused to choose a denomination when he started, look how far God took him. But listen to me, but how many of you know, it's the traditions of men. Yeah. Jesus told the Pharisees, right, you love your tradition more than you love the truth that is standing in front of you physically. And he was saying that you can see with your eye and you can see in the word which you say you love. You understand that? that that's how blinding tradition can be is that, that people, and again, the Pharisees, they knew the Bible of their day, the Torah. They knew it literally backwards and forwards and every which way, and, and they knew it. And Jesus said, if you really knew it, you would have known me because you would have heard Moses talk about me, and you would have heard the prophets talk about me, and you'd have heard David in the Psalms talk about me, and you would have actually seen me, but you actually weren't looking for me you were looking for your traditions. And it cheated them from the power of Christ standing right in front of them. Does that make sense? Yes. They make traditions out of our money? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's great, Kevin. You know, again, we, we do that, right? If, well, my daddy was poor, and my granddaddy was poor, and all my family were poor, we just poor country folk. That's a tradition of man. Yeah. Is this helping anybody this morning? See, don't let anybody cheat you. How do I stay uncheated? I know him. How do I know him? Easy. He told me who he was, and he showed me who he was repeatedly don't have time to go meddling i'm like you understand i'm just gonna drop a bomb i drop a bomb you understand jesus was rich right i'm talking about in this life in this world jesus was wealthy had to be and just because it's you know kind of christmas i'll tell you what all these dudes showed up with large endowments of gold that wasn't three Rattered, tattered little dudes on camels who stopped by the Dollar General on the way to the manger. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hello. Did you understand? Do you know who? You know, we call them the wise men. They were the magi. If you do some history on them and look at them, their real term is they were called the king makers. Wow. That was their term. And if you remember the story, they come to Herod in such an entourage that they were a threat to Jerusalem. So that meant there was more than three of them. Three broke dudes in a pinto pulling up don't threaten nobody. Right? So, so the kingmakers come into town in mass and say, where is the king of the Jews? And everyone would have known who they were and known what they were about. Yeah. That they were about to anoint and equip and supply the one who would rule Israel. Yeah. 
because that's just what the kingmakers did. Does that make sense? So if you only know broke Jesus, I'm going to encourage you to meet the real one. Maybe we should do a series. Y'all help me do a series. Will the real Jesus please stand up? (laughs) Will the real Jesus please stand up? Does that make sense? So don't let traditions of men rob you. According, it says this, to the basic principles of the world. Did you know the basic principles of the world will rob you? That's more of what Kevin was saying. Well, you know, it's flu season. Well, you know, the economy's down. You know, there's inflation. Well, you know, the wrong guy got into office. How many of you know that the wrong guy's been getting into office throughout all human history? I know we're coming up on an election year. You understand that, right? Amen. That that there's been a long history of the wrong guy getting into office. Hello? Don't let the basic principles of the world cheat you from Christ. We don't have the money for that. I don't have the time for that. I'm just too busy. Come on, guys. Are you with me? Basic principles of the world. Did you know the concept that I just, the concept of busy is not new to this generation? I've been doing some, uh, there's an interesting, and, and I, here's, for, for those that like to read, if you want to read with me, uh, I'm going to read, I'm reading a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Comer. And it's interesting, do you understand that the, the concept of hurry started with the sundial? It's, his name is John Comer. But hurry started with the sundial, historically. When they invented the sundial, there was a social upheaval. Who dares break up the day? Wow. <laughs> what, and, and people of that time, and I'm talking, we're, talk, we're not talking about Rolex, y'all. We're talking sundial. <laughs> this, is, this is not digital phobia. This is as analog as you can get. Right? And when they made the sun dial, people said, oh, this is going to mess things up. Because when you start breaking your day up, you'll get on the, work, the thing of hurry. And God, come on now, are you with me? Now, I'm not talking about we're going to go back to being Luddites. We're not going to go back into history and become Amish and give up electricity, right? <laughs> You know, but listen to me. I say that. Listen, those are just the basic principles. Of, do you understand? The clock is a basic principle of the world. Come on, don't let the clock cheat you from Jesus. Don't let your birthday. Don't let your birthday. Come on now, the Holy Spirit. I, I am not as smart enough to talk what I'm talking right now. Does that make sense? The, the Spirit of the Lord is working through me, and, I, and, I, and I, I very rarely say that. And you all know that if you've been here any time. So do pay, listen to me. Basic principles will cheat you. I'm too old. I'm too young. I live, I live in the wrong neighborhood. Went to the wrong school. Did the wrong this. Did the wrong that. Did the wrong other. Listen to me. These are, you can look at these, and I encourage us this week to go over and look at this. These are things that God clearly said will cheat you away from Christ. And I love it because it goes on. So don't, don't fall prey to these things. And not according to Christ. For in verse 9, for in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, and you are complete in him. Did you know you start in a place of completion? You cannot get more complete than you are right now. Because you are complete in him. You know, you don't need a spouse to be complete. You don't need a calling to be complete. You don't need a ministry to be complete. It's talking about in your spirit, but... 
which part of you is greater? Your spirit. Why is it the greater part? Because it's good, and it's the real you. See, again, a, a basic principle of the world that will cheat you is the flesh. Looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking this shell is actually who you are will cheat you. Because the real you is looking out through your eyes. The real you has been united with Christ. That's why, again, I jokingly say, my kid, if I could pick a superpower, right, it would be that I could touch people and for a moment I could pop your spirit out between your soul and your body and you could see just like Jesus how much like Jesus you actually are. That you could catch a glimpse of how much like him you really are. Because in the spirit world, it knows who you are. Right? Remember Paul that day and that lady following and he finally realizes, oh, it's a demon and he turns and he kicks the demon out. Yeah. Right? And then it says the seven sons of Sceva jumped or tried to cast out this one demon and it jumped on them and tore all their clothes off, ran them out of the house naked. But they started the conversation with, well, we're going to kick you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon says, well, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. Did you know that you're known in the spirit world? Why? Because you're united with Christ. And so for a demon to say, I, I know Jesus and I know Brad. Why? Because they're one. See, you are complete in him now. There's nothing missing for you. Now, what you're talking about, Curtis, is now the journey is to let the complete me be seen. Does that make sense? Guys, listen, listen to me. I've only played with this, and, and so I'll end on this, and, and y'all have been so gracious and kind. But listen, for years, as we've talked about this, me and Jesus and God and, and the awareness, there's been seasons, and I've not done it as well as I should, where I've endeavored to say, Lord, show me. I, I am like you. I am complete in you. The spirit realm knows me, right? And, and I meditate and come, and Lord, help me. And there's been times and just glimmers in my walk with God where I've seen other people see me, but they don't see me. I, I don't know any how to, there's been times when we lived and worked in different places. I, I, the last story, so Selena and I lived in Mexico. And, and if you're, where we lived, we lived within a two-block walk of the Bible college. So we would walk most of the time. But we had to pass by, it was called, it was, the communist headquarters of our neighborhood, and it was on the corner. Now, what that was, AKA, that's where you got drugs, and that's where you got illegal alcohol. So our neighborhood was full of all the drug addicts and the drunkards. And I was the only white dude in the neighborhood. And so they would call me, in Mexican slang, they would call me huero, which basically means honky, in our Alabama translation, right? And so it was not a nice word. Gringo is the nice word they call you when you're white. Huero is the not-so-nice word. So I was the neighborhood wetter. Oh, yeah, wetter. And that's what they'd say. They'd all be high and drunk, and they'd wave it. Oh, yeah, wetter. Como esta mi wetter? You know, and they'd just be greeting. All, and then and just, I just became a fixture in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> star down, star down. Does that make sense? And so one day, we're walking home from work, and I remember we're walking, and all of a sudden, I hear, Oh, yeah, wetter. Trabajas por el jefe. Trabajas por el jefe. He goes, you work for the chief. You work for the chief. And he's beelining for us. And I'm like going, oh, baby Jesus, right? And so I'm praying and doing, and he keeps getting louder. Oye, bueno, trabajas por el jefe. Trabajas por el jefe. And he's making, so I pull Selena behind me, and I'm like, Lord, help us. Right inside. I don't say it out loud, but inside, right? Because basically where we live was a violent place, right? So I didn't know what this guy was going to do. So he's walking. He gets about me to Selena right now, and he walks through a curtain. And he stands up, and his eyes focus, and he's completely sober. And he says, you're a minister of God, aren't you? 
And now all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, because listen, but I've been like, Lord, I, I am more than I know. There's a world that sees me for who I really am. May I not be cheated by white skin and southern accent and citizenship. But that I would know myself. So he pops through this curtain and goes, you're a minister of God. And we lead him to Jesus. Right? And to, Because listen, you're known. Why? Because you're complete in him. Right? Because if the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ, where do you dwell? Which means... You dwell in the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful. Thank you. Lord, for whoever this was for, help them. Remind them. Lord, you wanted to say what you said today, so they needed to hear it. So, Lord, help us as we go that we no longer be cheated by philosophy, by empty deceit, by the traditions of men, by the basic principles of this world, that we let nothing rob us from the fullness of who you are, who you said you are, who you've historically and currently shown that you are. That, Lord, that we walk in the fullness of the Godhead in this earth because today and tomorrow somebody needs to know you somebody needs to see you in me and I thank you for it and if you're here this morning and, and if this in any way has been for you uh, just take a moment right now and just with your own hand say Lord I, I, I'm coming to you for who you are if you would be bold enough to say Lord show me more of who you if there's an area in your life where you need to know him more, then let this be your prayer. Lord, introduce me to who you are in this area. Let me really see you for who you are. Not who I've been told you are, not who I have assumed you are, but Lord, who you said you are and who you showed yourself as being. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' Thank you for listening to our Life of Faith North podcast. If you would like to partner with us by giving, please visit our Cash App page. This can be found at cash.app forward slash dollar sign LOF North. We hope this message was encouraging to you today. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.